Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now up to, to bat, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm Brett Boone, and today on the program, I'm joined by an MLB insider and columnist for USA Today. He's been doing this since 1978, and... Uh, I don't know. This is kind of going to be kind of cool. I remember our days, Bob, me rolling into Minnesota. There's there's Bob Nightingale. And uh, it's been a while, but it's great to have you on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, formally, please welcome Bob Nightingale to the program. How you doing? Yeah, doing great, Brett. Glad to be here. All right, Bob, 2023, we're getting down to the end. We're getting close to the playoffs. A lot of, a lot of exciting races going on. What are your top three stories for the MLB season 2023? Well, probably uh, it, it seems like more more of a negative than positive. It's just the teams that didn't make the playoffs, you know, going with the, uh, the the Yankees, the Mets, the Padres. Stunning that all three are sitting home. I think the Padres are the most underachieving team in baseball history, not just this season, but by anybody. So I think that's a big storyline. Obviously, what Ronald Acuna is doing uh, should hit uh, you know forty and seventy. Uh, unbelievable season. Uh, it, you know, just historic. Uh, then three storylines probably still got to be Shohei Otani. Just, you know, what happened, uh, what went wrong, and how much money is he going to make as a free agent, and what's he going to do? Isn't it amazing? I'll, I'll take each one of those. Okay, let's go with <clears throat> the Mets and the Padres for me were the two big biggest disappointments. I think you have some I, – I think you have something there when you say one of the biggest ever – I'm with you on the Padres. I live in San Diego. I follow them a little bit closer um, than I would other teams just because they're in my backyard. But I look at this team going into the season on paper, and you know what I thought? I thought pretty good pitching, but this lineup's unbelievable. It's going to be the best lineup in baseball. You got four potential MVP guys in the lineup who have been relatively healthy for the entire season. They pitched better than I thought. And they've been out of the at least the division race for for months now. Dodgers are just kind of uh, taking that division and, and ran away with it. But I'm with you on the Padres. It's like, what happened? I know I've been on some teams where we underachieved, um, but I've said here on the program as a player, the only the only the only people that truly know to the core what's going on are those 26 guys in uniform. Cause I've known it. I've been a player and now I've been an ex player for a long time. And yeah, I have some insight to what's really going on. I can go down and talk to the guys and talk to the, the current roster, but you re- really never truly know what's going on unless you're one of those 26 expand a little bit on that. Yeah. I mean, in spring training, that place was like a, uh, you know, Full, full of rock stars. That, that clubhouse was packed every day with media, TV cameras, everything else. Why no, uh, just getting a piece of their time. It was like, uh, you know, it was bigger than the Yankees and Red Sox. It was just a question of, you know, are they going to win the World Series this year? And then the season started, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, when are these guys going to turn on? You go in their clubhouse and stuff. It's like, hey, well, something's not right here. And as the season progressed, Way too many guys, too many whispers. Hey, it's not good in here. Uh, too many selfish uh, things going on. 
obviously the uh, you know, bad chemistry between the, you know, Bob Melvin and the GM, AJ Preller. And just, you know, you can't keep losing. It's not a matter of luck losing those one run games. It's a lot, you know, matter of heart and pride and, you know, being tough. Uh, they had the number one or number two uh, ERA uh, in the league. Like you said, it pitched much better than I, I thought they would. They were mm-hmm. uh, great. And uh, nobody got, you know, no, nobody got hurt, you know, as far as the uh, star guys. But yeah, they got to take a hard look at themselves. I'll be interested in what they do in the offseason. And I think they'll let, you know, Blake Snell and Josh Hader go, try to lower the payroll a bit. I, I think they should trade Soto. I think you got to break that thing up and get something back in return instead of wasting, you know, all that money and talented game way to get, get them in the first place. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, and I'll leave it here. I, I thought from the beginning, Tatis has the, the scandal two years ago, he had suspended for a year. Uh, he comes kind of back to the Padres, hat in hand, you know, kind of like on his best behavior. And all of a sudden, you're this young, who I think is one of the top talents in the game. I put him in that Acuna category as far as young, talented players. Obviously, he's not doing what Acuna did this year. But he's a young player. He's a star shortstop. And you put him in right field. I can just speak for being a middle infielder. And there's a certain amount of ego that comes with that. And and I don't I don't mean to say ego in a negative way, but us middle infielders, uh to tell me in my prime at second base, oh, you're gonna go play first base or you're gonna go play left field. I kind of look at you, Bob, like, are you kidding me? Short stops being moved. That's 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 a the hit to the ego. And I thought about that early. He took it well. He's embraced it. He's done a good job in right field. But I think deep down, when you're a young star shortstop and they tell you to go to right field, in in the dynamics of the defensive game in Major League Baseball, that's a big, that's a big demotion. Absolutely. And uh, it's not like he's going to return there. I mean, Bogart isn't going anywhere. Machado's right. not going anywhere. So, yeah, he's going to be an outfielder for the rest of his career. And, uh, you know, he's got he's got to live with that. You know, I think in a couple of years, Soto is going to be a DH the rest of his career or a first baseman. So, yeah, uh, I'm with you. And, you know, he wanted to bounce back. And it seemed like just everybody was kind of doing their own program, which was sad. I was telling uh, some scouts the other day, if those guys had the same heart, desire, tenacity as, as say, the Philadelphia Phillies, they would have won 110 games this year. Yeah. You mentioned Acuna. What an unbelievable year he's had. The 40, 70, possibly, you know, he, he's doing things that we've never that we've never seen before. I remember, Bob, back in the day, and, they, you know, Canseco was the first to do the 40-40. Then I'd heard all the time about 30-30 and how special it was 20-20. And as a non-base stealer, and this is a young Brett Boone, I would sit there and think, well, I, I'm impressed with the 20 homers. I'm impressed with the 30 homers, but I'm not a base stealer. So what's the big deal about stealing a few bases? Uh, I think the highest I've ever had in my career is 16. And I remember the year I did it with the, with the level of year Acuna's having with the amount of times he's on those base paths. I'm telling you, it wears on you and it beats you down when you're on the base bases so much. You're having that great of a year and not to pity him for having that great of a year, but it's a big deal to steal bases on top of it. I, after a, a few years, and I stole 16 one year, and man, I felt like, wow, I'm tired. I can't steal any more bases. I had a newfound respect for the power uh, stealing bases combo. So when I look at this, I, I I don't put an asterisk there, but I think, well, for the first time, 
uh, with these new rules and the and the two disengagements. It's definitely for an elite base dealer. It's definitely easier than it has been in the past. I think those rules were put in place to encourage base running and, and to encourage base stealing, getting that back into the game. Still, nonetheless, unbelievable years have especially out of the leadoff hole, setting records, him and Mookie Betts over in over in uh, National League West doing some some pretty big things out of that leadoff spot. Yeah, I mean, new roles obviously helped him, you know, get the uh, you know, high 60s stolen bases where he is now. Uh, you know, the old rules are in place. He probably still hit still 50 or so. Uh, Without a doubt. But, but to your point, I remember talking to Trey Turner to the WBC and said, hey, with the new rule changes, you know, how many bases could you steal this year? He says, I'm not going to steal 60, 70, 80. It just beats up your body. You know, I've done that. And it's wear and tear. So exactly to your point, uh, I think people don't talk about that. You know, they just stop how beat up that body is. And he keeps doing it by being on base. You know, so many guys, you know, get on first base and so happy to walk. Hey, unless you're stealing second or third, what good does it do? You're not in scoring position. This guy's always in scoring position. It's unbelievable to watch. Uh your third, Otani. Uh, obviously, unbelievable story. You know, I've talked to nauseam about it. I, I'm, I'm the biggest. I'm in awe as much as anybody of of what he's been able to do the last two, three years. He's going to win the MVP again this year. But it kind of, it kind of has changed. I mean, at the I was at the All Star Game uh, in Seattle this year, and it, everything was about Otani and the unbelievable year he had. Still had an unbelievable season, but. The UCL here. Now, all of a sudden, he, we're finding out he's not going to pitch uh, next year. He's not going to be eligible, really, to pitch until 2025. The talk was going to be the biggest uh, free agent package of all time, biggest number, probably still is. But with everything that's gone on and kind of the, I don't know, for me, it's kind of been weird. You know, I, I, I've stayed away. A good friend of mine's Phil Nevin, who's managing the the, the angels. I haven't called him. I haven't asked him anything, but it's just kind of weird. Everything floating around with those angels, such a disappointment. What they did at the break, were they going to trade him? They didn't trade him. Uh, and kind of since then went South, you know, you're hearing little whispers about Mike Trout. Who knows if those are just whispers or, or uh, there's anything to them, but it seemed like Otani got hurt. He was going to finish the year as a hitter. Didn't kind of slipped out, got the surgery. What are you hearing? What's going to happen? Where can we expect Otani to, to potentially land? Yeah, I mean, I think his market has dropped off because you don't know how he's going to return as a pitcher. Um, they didn't call it Tommy John surgery, but it was really Tommy John surgery. And uh, and we'll see. Whoever signs him, you know, you're going to get a guy maybe pitch once every six days or so. Uh, you know, I, I think his body broke down. We'll see how he does. You know, when he uh, if he's not pitching next year, just simply hitting. You would think he'd be better. But maybe the whole training, everything else, you know, throws this routine off. From what I heard, he definitely wants to get paid more than Mike Trout. Trout was a really a ten-year, three hundred sixty million dollar extension. He had two hundred years left, so they call it, you know, uh, four hundred thirty. So he wants to give her four hundred thirty million. I still think he wants to stay in uh, on the West Coast. If he wants to do both as a pitcher, you know, you want to stay out west because of weather and everything else. He's so regimented. This guy doesn't go out either. He just stays home and everything else. It's not about the limelight. So, so I don't I don't completely discount him returning to Anaheim. I don't. Otherwise, I think it's the Dodgers or or uh, San Francisco. You know, perhaps Seattle too. Yeah, it's amazing how everybody just 
said, oh, Otani's gone. And I, and I have to remind them, I said, listen, years ago when he was coming over here from Japan, he, he, had, he had a lot of choices. There's a reason he signed with the LA Angels. I mean, there's something to that. And I said, so why all of a sudden, and he comes here, the amount of success he has, and I'm just thinking as a player now, he obviously loves the ballpark. He loves pitching on that mound. There's some there's some equity to that as a player. I know if I feel good in a city, in a ballpark, <clears throat> that's going to trump, you know, if, if all the money's the same, that's going to trump going somewhere new, uh, maybe a place ah, I don't like, you know, hitting here. I don't see the ball quite as well here. Uh, obviously, he loves what's going on in Anaheim, and I wouldn't just discount him. He's going to go to the highest bidder. I think the money's going to be kind of across the board. There's going to be a lot of people bidding for his services. But at the same time, I'm with you on it wouldn't surprise me at all if he comes back to Anaheim. Yeah, very comfortable there. Knows uh, you know the staff, obviously the trainers, doctors, and everything else. And they they, you know, I'm not gonna say they pamper him, but they treat him very well. Uh, I think I saw the date their day. He hasn't talked to media since August 10th or August 12th. I mean, how many players could get away with that without at least addressing what's going on or something like that? So he kind of run, you know, runs his own program, they let him, which is fine. That's why, you know, I, I do think the Angels have a better shot. If the Angels didn't think they had a shot, they would have traded him. But they knew if they traded him, they'd have zero chance of getting him back. Other than Otani, who do you see as the big free agents going into this offseason? Well, Blake Snell is certainly going to make himself some money. Uh, he's going to win the Cy Young with the Padres. Uh, I think he likes the small market environment. So I don't see him going to a place like the Phillies or Yankees. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if, if a place like Texas you know, reaches out again. The Padres sound like they're out. They just that they don't want to, uh, you know, keep throwing the money out there. So he'll be that top pitcher out there, and you know, position player. You know, hey, and Cody Bellinger has re, you know reinvented himself, so he's up there. Matt Chapman uh, of Toronto, um, a little bit of a weaker free agent market than we're used to. Two biggest surprises this year. Other than let's go, let's go on the positive side. Two, two of Bob Nightingale's biggest surprises on the positive side. We'll get rid of the Mets <laughs> and the and the Padres. I got to go with the, the uh, Miami Marlins. Tell you what, if they uh, make the playoffs, I think Skip Schumacher has got to be manager of the year in National League. Fabulous job there. They're all beat up. No San Alcantara now. Uh, all kinds of injuries. So big surprise. And I got to say Baltimore. Hey, we thought Baltimore would contend for a playoff spot. But not, you know, maybe win 100 games and uh, and win the AL East. Nobody's picking AL East. And I think you know, Brandon Hyde, he'll be, he should be AL Manager of the Year. Fab, fabulous job. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 